0: Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Teresa Meadows, CIO at Cook Children's Healthcare System. In this segment, Meadows talks about partnering with vendors to make sure pediatric EHR needs are being met, how her team is leveraging the power of text messaging to drive portal adoption, and the priority too many CIOs are ignoring. It's interesting what you said about what Athena has done, because um, we're starting to see some, you know, information come out, uh, studies. There was Journal of the uh, American Medical Informatics Association did a study, and uh, you know, it was more than half of uh, the uh, respondents said that EHR systems don't have the necessary functions for fe- for pediatric care. And luckily, it looks like that's, the tide is starting to turn. But um, it, it seems like this is something that's that's been a challenge for a while for uh, pediatric organizations.
1: Yeah, it's been a huge challenge and I, you know, I will say one of my bandwagons that I've been on is really, you know, trying to partner with our EHR vendors because um the systems are designed for adults. I mean, that's just yeah. the lar- that's just the larger population of people that use medical care. And so um we have here at Cook have really made an extra effort to work very closely with our primary EHR vendors to ensure that our pediatric needs are being met. So one of the things that we do here is we meet quarterly with Athena executives and MedTech executives to really talk about what things are working well from a pediatric perspective um, and what things are not working as, as as good as expected and how do we work together um, to help with the design of that content or the design of those, those needs um, to ensure that all pediatric providers can benefit uh, from from the work that we've done because with Athena we were their first uh, pediatric customer so a lot of their pediatric knowledge was driven from our implementation. Um, we really worked hand in hand with them to build that pediatric functionality um, and I'm very pleased with the outcome because I believe they listened and um, they've been able to use that knowledge with their other customers that have pediatric populations and Meditech has been just as, as good as too. We've worked very hard with them, especially around medications and dosing, which is where the biggest issues right. come in the EHRs is uh, there's a lot of custom medication dosing for kids. Um, and working on that with both of the vendors has been extremely rewarding. And um, And I think they've learned as much as we've learned from them. So it's, it's, it's been a good experience for us, but I would recommend to anybody who struggles is is really partnering with your vendor because that that has made a world of difference. as just talking more frequently about the needs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's um, it's really uh interesting. I'm sure that there are uh, both benefits and and challenges in being you know that that first pediatric customer, but uh, in seeing. Seeing the difference this can make, um, you know, for for other organizations too, is it, huge.
1: Absolutely, and we're we're an organization that pretty much, you know, if we've done something, we're always willing to share with others. So we hate for people to recreate the wheel. And so, like with Athena and Meditech, we've had we've hosted lots of people who've come, and we've shared, you know, shared our content, we've shared our builds. So hopefully, people don't have to relearn this every every time they go through the process, because that's it's. It takes a village, you know, and so to redo right. something, you know, from scratch every time really does not make sense.
0: Right. In reading some of the other uh, data that's that's come out recently, talking about, uh, you know, recommendations or or asking that EHRs be able to incorporate some of these pediatric specific functionalities, like you know, the just va- vaccine schedules and and management tools that that reflect the requirements. It's it's got to be a little bit frustrating for you because you know this is something that really should have been done from the beginning, but I I guess better late than never.
1: Yeah, it is frustrating, uh, but it's good to see progress, you know, because things like growth charts and weight-based dosing and vaccine schedules and, um, you know, some of those key metrics are the things that, you know, pediatricians and specialists live and die by. And so not to have those things or EHR is very frustrating to those clinicians who are trying to take care of kids. And so it's nice to finally, you know, see some of those changes come to fruition. Um, And some of it's just being persistent. (laughs) You know, you have to be persistent for what you need and what you want. And uh, that would be my recommendation is just, you know, if it's something that's important to your organization, be persistent.
0: Absolutely. Now, in terms of uh, patient engagement, um, obviously that there's more uh, unique aspects to, uh, to having a pediatric population, and um, just wanted to kind of talk about your strategy there, just as, um, you know, as far as keep staying engaged with the patients and patient families.
1: Sure. You know, we've done a couple things. You know, I think a lot of times we focus our patient engagement strategies on patient portal and how do we, you know, get more people to interact with portal, and portal Uh, You know, portals are important, and I think there needs to be locations for patients to see the necessary information that they need, but we've also done some really unique uh, patient engagement strategies that revolve around texting, for example. We have done a a co-development project with a startup company called Patient EXP, and we're using modern technology such as social media, texting, to really engage the patient at the right point in time in the process. Um, a good example is if you have a child who's coming in for a radiology procedure that um, requires some sort of prep the night before. The time that the parent needs that information is not three weeks before the procedure occurs, because by then you've already kind of forgotten what you need to do the night before. The time that I need that information, um, is the night before the procedure or the day before the procedure, so I have time to start preparing the child for the for the test the next day. And so what we've done is we've created a what we call a behavior engine, where we use um, HL7 messages that are go, that are floating in the environment to actually generate texting to the parent at the right at the appropriate time. So there's a rules engine built in that says if I schedule my appointment today for the for May the 1st or June the 1st, two days before I'm going to text the parents with a link to the PrEP instructions. Okay. Um, and we've seen, we did this in radiology speci- specifically, and we were able to monitor the results, and what we saw was patients who actually got the link via a text message actually clicked on the link and read the material uh, 100% of the time whereas the same content had been on our patient portal probably for 10 years, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it had a 2% usage rate. So we know that sending people information that's quick and mobile and easy to use at the right point in time engages those patients, and we had, I forget, it was over like 6% increase in people who actually showed up prepared for their test the next day so it it definitely can make a change and engage the patient in a different way, and I think um, as we go through this patient engagement transition, people need information at the right time. It's great that it's in a portal and it's sitting there, but if I don't need it, I'm not going to go in and look and look for it. So we have found ways um and we have a thousand use case examples where we've created in this rules engine to actually send texting and we're monitoring the results of those texts. So we know what's working and what's not working um, as we go through the process. So that's been a really fun project. And we've actually seen another study that we did is at the end of a visit, we actually send a thank you note with a link to Patient Portal. Right. 25% okay. of our portal activity is driven from that link that we send. So we know that we can increase portal activity by sending that link at the end of the visit and saying there's important information for you to look at, so there's a lot of unique things you can do um, to drive portal usage where your portal is not the single point of patient engagement. Yeah, so I think there's a lot to learn in the industry still, but looking for unique ways to do it, I think, is where we need to be, more innovative ways
0: right and just uh, you know being able to uh, to leverage the, the technologies that people really are using like uh, you know using those that texting functionality at the right time seems to really be the key to finding success there
1: yeah absolutely cuz everybody is sort of a right now mentality yeah. you don't want it till you want it and so um as long as we're in the in the now mentality we have to give you the information when you need it so it's a really interesting dynamic and to watch the statistics on how you can change behavior because ultimately that's what we want out of patient engagement is a behavior change. We don't want, you know, people just looking at a portal. We want them taking their meds at the right time. We want them to to exercise. We want them to do different things and it's all about behavior modification and that's really what we're we're focused on is how do we how do we change parent and patient behaviors because that's yeah. what we'll increase our engagement with the organization.
0: Right, and, and what, do you, what would you say is, uh, is the key to, to trying to, to stay on top of, um, you know, the, the technologies and tools that, that people use and, you know, use well and just, uh, you know, it's something that's I'm sure difficult because it's ever-changing, but how do you try to stay on top of that on what, what tools work with the patients?
1: You know, one of the things that we've, we've tried to do is put in a process to, of evaluation. And really, um, you know, we don't have an innovation team here, but we do encourage innovation by looking for, you know, creative ways for projects. So, like the project with the texting was initially was driven by, we didn't want 12 different systems texting the patient. We really wanted one voice to the patient. And that's what really drove that initially. And then what we found was, you know, we can really impact behavior and engage the patients with this technology. So sometimes you don't always, you know, know what you're going after until you have it. So Mm -hmm. um, I would encourage, you know, everybody to have some portion of time, and I know we're all busy, to continue the innovation. Because I think that's the one thing, if I had a concern about healthcare would be we're going to lose you know, our thought process around innovation because we're too busy trying to meet meaningful use requirements or we have so many system upgrades or we, you know, we have a lot of regulatory pressures around security and, and different things that we, we will lose sight of. We need to be innovative in these, in these tasks as well. And so um, I encourage my team to always be thinking is this an innovative approach? Is there a new way to go about this than the standard? Uh, but it is hard. It's very hard because it is the thing that gets you know left on the cutting table if you're if you're you know trying to manage a lot of things going on.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And and uh, you know just just in just that part it w- without even looking at the innovation piece just. Uh, the, the prioritization challenge is, is something that that we hear so much, and it's um it, it just has to be something that that that's a frustrating point for for c i o s
1: yeah well, I think part of my job is is innovation as well, so you know if we have the right teams, we can set aside some of the c i o time to really begin to look at innovation and and look at ways that innovation can fit in the strategy so i you know I hold some of that accountability with me. Um, and our CTO to really, you know, help find innovative ideas and then working with the teams, how do we incorporate those things?
0: Right. Because if we
1: lose sight, then nobody will have, you know, their eye on that innovation ball.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com backslash podcast.